Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Rimble, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. We were in uh, Judge Between Cattle and Cattle. That's right, I remember. And I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall free them, even my servant David. He shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. Who is that? Yeshua, isn't it? And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them, I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will make them, I will make with them a covenant of peace, and will cause the evil beast to cease out of the land, and I will dwell safely, and they will dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. And I will make them and the places round about my hill a blessing, and I will cause the shower to come down in his season, but there, but sh- there shall be showers of blessings. Well, we all know that, don't we? That's the things that we were taught even back in some of the denominational churches about the showers of blessings. And the tree of the field shall yield her fruit, and the earth shall yield her increase, and they shall be safe in their land, and shall know that I am the Lord, when I have spoken the bands of their yoke, and delivered them out of the hand of those that, that serve themselves of them. And they shall no more be a prey to the heathen, Oh, boy, that's good news. Neither shall the beast of the land devour them, but they shall dwell safely, and none shall make them afraid. Nothing shall make us afraid. And I will raise up for them a plant of renown, and they shall be no more consumed with hunger in the land, uh, neither bear the shame of the heathen any more. Thus shall they know that I am the Lord their God, and with them, and they, even the house of Israel, are my people, saith the Lord God. Now, you, you know, that's, that's neat because he's again, uh, he's talking about both the houses. He said, and notice when he says, the house of Israel are my people, even the house of Israel. Even after all he's done, even after all that, that you know, that came to God uh, taking uh, and scattering uh, Ephraim all over, the, all over the world, he said, even then, they're, they're my people. Even then, I'm going to save them out of the land and bring them home unto the land that I gave unto their fathers. And, and, and folks, I'm going to tell you something. That is more than just a little bit exciting. Uh, we, have, uh, we have an opportunity, and I think, I think before we enter into the opportunity, I think what we're going to have to really, 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 really get after here is to understand that there's, there's just things that we need to get in place. In other words, we've got to do first things first, second things second, third things third, fourth things, and so forth, and so forth on, until we get to the point where, bless God, we are a blessing. See, all this rotates around the fact that if you can get this stuff put into your hearts and get it into your heads, then you can be a blessing. When you can understand this, this isn't a spiritual race to see who can get where first. This is going to be Ephraim going home. You know, I think one of the parts, I know know one of the parts that I'm liking so well about this is that we're pushing away. It's going to take a prophet to hear from God to know when to go back and to do the things we need to do. I know that. 
But the important emphasis here isn't upon a prophet. The important emphasis here is upon Ephraim. That's important. The important emphasis is understanding that God is really gathering together the outcasts of Israel, which is Ephraim. Now, the outcasts of Judah or Jacob is that of Judah. Now, again, the Scriptures uh, tell us that, that Judah will come home, and then God will bring home who? Will bring home Israel, will bring home the Ephraimites, or bring home the house of Joseph. And so we stand poised in all this thing, and now the excitement is high. The excitement is great. But you know what I think? I don't think the excitement is ever going to wane over this thing. I think it's going to grow. I think as we keep seeing the numbers come in, I think as we keep seeing the people uh, hearing the chauffeur blowing and, and the, the cry of Ephraim come home, I think the hearts will keep leaping. I think the people will keep will resound across the, 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 the North America in our case because that's where we're set. Somebody said to me, said, well, what about Europe and, and the British Isles and all that kind of stuff? That'll get taken care of. I, I'm not, I don't have any idea about it. I'm not, that's not my concern. My concern is right here in North America. That's what God has placed me. That's what I'm going to do. And, and come higher water, higher hell, hell or high water, I can't even say that right there, we're going to get it done. But, but again, the, the, the emphasis is not on the I. The emphasis is on us. You understand what I mean? And, and, and folks, if you, if you can get a hold of that, and get that down inside of you of realizing that, bless God, that the wheel won't turn without all the cogs in place. Okay? I mean, you, you can go out here and buy a brand new car and not have any wheels or tires on it, and it's not going to go anywhere. Okay? You can, be the, you, can ha- you can be the motor of the car, but you've still got to have tires and wheels. And, and, and so you're, in, in one great aspect, you're very, very fortunate because this old boy's been around the block enough times that I understand that. I don't, want to be the, I don't want to be the main cog of anything. Why? Because there aren't any main cogs except him. He's in the beginning, and he said, and so shall I be in the end, because I am the Lord thy God. I, I, you know, that, that, that's exciting enough for me. Think about it. You have an opportunity to be in on the very beginning of the greatest move of God that there's ever been on the face of this earth. And most of us are still sitting there looking at that like a bowl, a dog with a new bowl, not knowing exactly what to do with it, are we? But you'll catch on. Hang on. I, I have confidence in you. I must have confidence in you because without you, again, it's not going to work. But with you, you're going to be talking. You're going to be, you're, you know, you're going to be saying, come, come listen. Listen to what I got. Listen to these CDs. You need, to, you need to come. You need to come to the conference. You need to hear what the prophet's saying. You need, to, you need to try to, try to realize that, that, that this thing is bigger than, than, than your imagination. Your, your mind can't comprehend. Can your, I can't comprehend what a million people would look like in the land of Israel. All right? I can't comprehend, bless God, uh, what 50 million would look like. But the fact of the matter is, it really doesn't matter what the numbers are. The idea is, God said, I'm going to bring you home. And he said, there's not going to be no small amount of people. It is going to be a remnant, remnant in comparison, brothers and sisters, to the rest of what? The world. Yeah, it will, be a, it will look to be a remnant. But boy, I'll tell you one thing. This remnant is about to do what? Turn everything upside down for God. And, I, you know, again, wouldn't it be nice to know there's no sickness among us? Hmm? Well, didn't they bring him out of Israel? When God paralleled this thing with the angel, he said, it will be like unto that when Moses brought them out of Egypt. 
Now listen to this, because I, I thought this was kind of neat. Moses brought them out of Egypt. In order to get them out, there was ten plagues, which we're going to talk about tomorrow during Pesach, Passover. There was ten plagues that came, and it took all those plagues until finally Moses had Pharaoh to do what he kept saying for him to do. Let my people go. Now listen to me. When the Lord God with the angel said to me, you will cry unto the church, let my people go. And I told you in kind of a jestful way how I felt about that and still do today. It doesn't make friends, okay? But here's what the Lord God has shown me. That it took the plagues for Egypt to let them go. It's going to take plagues for the church to let them go. Okay? Now, here happens to be somebody that can cause drought and cause floods. Can do all those kinds of things, and it just isn't because I get lucky. It's because it's who I am. Now, the first great plague that's going to come is going to be this thing called H5M1, which is the bird flu or the avian flu. And as I think you probably heard me say, we're down to the we are down now to it mutating one more good time because it's now been documented that it is now being passed human to human. And once it mutates this next time, it will quickly pass across the world. And I'm going to tell you something, brothers and sisters. If you have not been marked on your forehead by the angel, you and yours could die. Okay? Why? What did God say? As you came out of Egypt. What happened in Egypt? Okay. They put the blood of that sacrificial lamb on the lintels and the doorpost, doorpost and lintels of the houses. And the Lord God said that then that the, that the death angel would pass over them. Now, we all know that story. And then when the Lord God brought me the vision and the Lord said, you tell them that the 91st Psalm doesn't belong to the church, belongs to the law, and that the only way that they're going to survive this time is to understand that it's going to take more than the blood of Yeshua, Jesus. Of course, the church backed up and started speaking, that's heresy and the false this and the false that and everything else. And then I said, well, stop and think about this thing. Uh, the fact of it is, you remember as the angel, the Lord God sent the angel when he was going to destroy the city? And he said, I want you to take the acorn and I want you to put a mark on the foreheads. And we're going to get into that, folks. There is a mark of God. Okay? I know that the Antichrist has a mark, but there is a mark of God. And he said, you mark the foreheads, and when the, when the death angel flies over uh, and sees the mark, he'll pass over them and theirs. Now, in, in the, book of, uh, uh, the book of Revelation uh, 12, uh, 17, we find out that the remnant of the people, bless God, and explains to us who they are. They are the remnant, are the ones that keep the commandments of God and what? The testimony of Yeshua. Now, what is that? The commandment of God says that, bless God, that you are going to have to keep the covenant in order for the 91st Psalm to work. And with, bless God, uh, the, the testimonies of Yeshua, you will absolutely uh, be fine. You'll come right through this thing. So when, when, we, begin, when we begin to examine and, and begin to say, well, you know, I don't know whether this is right or whether this is fair or whatever it is, the, the thing that you need to understand is 
that you're going to have to be led by somebody. If you don't think I'm the right somebody, then you better look and find somebody. This is big time, worldwide prophetic utterances. This thing is going to cover the earth. All right? And what did I prophesy within that vision in 2005? And on the heels of that plague, there will come another plague. And those that did not listen to the prophet, as God instructed me by the angel, then after you've buried your dead, maybe you will be interested in listening this time when this plague comes. Now, plague number two. I don't have any idea what that is at this time. But the key is to understand something. Does the church have the answer through telling you you're covered by the blood of Jesus for you to survive? Thank you, because they don't. If they did, we wouldn't have lost the thousands upon thousands of people we've lost over the last few years, the great tsunami, the, the hurricane, the Katrina. And you, and you just can't stand up and say, oh, well, they must have been in sins, the reason the 91st Psalm did go up. Nah, come on, let, let's grow up and let's, not, let's quit playing games. The 91st Psalm either covers you or it doesn't. There isn't any in-between. It, it didn't, well, it almost did. I was sitting one time in a, in a, in a restaurant right here in this town, and it was after a meeting, I was sitting there talking to another minister, and we was drinking a cup of coffee, and a sister came in that had, that had visited this church, and, and this place has a, a Pentecostal uh, type of, of, of assembly. And, and anyway, she stopped by the table, and she said, Oh, Prophet Deckard, she said, I'm so excited. And I said, Well, darling, what are you excited about? And she said, We almost had a miracle tonight at our church. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm not sure what is an almost miracle. And I asked her, I said, Well, honey, what is that? Somebody almost got up out of a wheelchair and walked. Does that mean they're almost still uh, lame, or they are lame? Right? Folks, I'm going to tell you something. When this plague comes, they're going to run into the churches like rats leaving a ship. And the church is not going to be able to save you. They never have been able to save you. Only the Lord God could save you. And only will he do as he's always done. What has he always done? He reveals that which is coming unto his servants, the prophets, that they may warn you against God so that you can do what you're being told by the mouth of prophets that come from the throne room of God so you and yours can be saved. Now, all you've got to figure out is, will the real prophets stand up? That's all you've got to figure out. All you've got to do. But like I suggest, you better find one that's got a track record. You better find somebody that, bless God's done more than get people out here and outside and outside that door and impress you and give you a word from God and hand you a card so you can give them a call to find out some more spiritual stuff. When, in fact, the next plague comes on the heels, the church will have already tried to have, in some way, shape, or form, to have saved the people. But you see, the church isn't our Savior. The church, the, the, I don't care what's on the door out front. The church is, listen, was set to be what? A place of learning. God set the church to be a place of learning. That you could take what we were taught back out into your homes and do what? Further teach your family, your children, how to live, thereby by the Word of God. And, and so what we did with the church is we, we got all confused. We're still confused. 
somehow we got to believe in that, bless God, if we could build a bigger area than the guy down the street, get more people than they have, we're right and they're wrong. Now listen to me. It was numbers that hung our Lord upon the tree. You hear me? Give us Barabbas. We'll take the thief. <laughs> hang this, hang that on the hang him. That's the reason I always say I love it because the because the, the Jews, you know, they get all upset when you get to this part. Well, all you Christians think we hung him on the tree. Didn't you? So maybe I misread that. That does it not say that you will look upon the one in whom you, Judah, pierced, pierced, I mean, I mean, pierced and mourned? Well, uh, uh, um, yeah. See, they, 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 it, you're going to call us Christ killers. You are! You see, they have to be forgiven too, don't they? They have to be forgiven too. So the plague will come, and the plague will cause, see, but by the time, and, and what I keep saying to the Lord God, God, you've got to give, give me more time, Lord. I've got to have more time to get the word to the people, to let them choose like I have chosen, like you have chosen. And I'm believing that the Lord God is going to give me more time. This thing is escalating. We're, we're close to it, folks. Anytime it gets to the point it is now, We've only got one more place. Now, if you've listened to that and you go back, you'll see everything that I prophesied in 2005 has come to pass right after one, after another, after another, after another, after another. And the only thing left to happen is this last mutation and millions of people begin to die. Put your food up. Get your money put in silver and gold. Get yourself ready. Because we're about to go for a real ride. Now, when this is over the first plague, then we're going to walk out unscathed. You want to know why? Listen to me. God said it will be like unto Moses coming out of Egypt. The death angel will have done what? He, he will have passed over. Your dwelling and my dwelling, your children and my children. Why? Because we did exactly what we were being told to do. Do you, do you realize something? That in all of what we study and all of what we see within the Scriptures, the whole thing comes down to the same thing that Samuel said. You have to be willing and obedient. That's what you have to be. And if you're not going to be willing and obedient, then, then what's going to happen? Well, I'm going to stay with, bless God, I'm just staying with the church, Brother Decker. Stay with the church. It's your choice. It's not mine. It's your, it, it, bless God, I, I, and some of them aren't going to die. Not everybody's going to die. But let me tell you who's not going to die. Those of us that keep the covenant and the, and the testimonies of Yeshua. We're not going to die. Now, unless, unless you get to thinking, okay, come on. Noah, there's going to be a flood. And knowing what you've got to do, you never say, you say, what's a flood? And he said, well, it's a flood, it's rain, what's rain? And so God, I'm sure, had to go all through this with Noah. Now, Noah, I want you to build this, this, this big boat and get all these animals on there two by two and do all this stuff and all that. And Noah runs home and tells Mrs. Noah, I love what Donna calls her Mrs. Noah, runs home and tells, her, tells Mrs. Noah, guess what, Mrs. Noah, going to be a flood. So he has to go through and she's going, yeah, Mr. Noah, there's going to be a what? 
flood, huh? <laughs> Never seen water. And there's going to be a flood. There's going to be this thing called water. What is it? Liquid what? Now, what did I tell you before? Without the woman being in complete subjection to the man, it doesn't work. If Noah's wife would have said no, Noah, well, he, I guess he did have some options here, but we won't go there. But she didn't. They built the ark. Now, if they hadn't built the ark, even though God chose him and he said, he said, you're the righteous of the earth. And if, in fact, that, that the Lord God, after he told him, if Noah had just sat back and said, well, we're the righteous the righteousness of God. I'm a preacher of righteousness. I heard him say it. I mean, all we got to do is just hang around. There's going to be a rapture. We don't have to worry about it. You know, I read in that one part, there's a catching away. That's us. Now, folks, if in fact it got stupid, they'd have died. And that's what I want you to try to get a hold of here this afternoon. There, there, is, there is no way in this world that you want to get stupid and, and play Russian roulette with you and your families. You're going to have to prepare. That's the reason I keep saying, if you, get, if you haven't gotten it, get the thing back there on the preparation for the, for the bird flu and, and begin to prepare. You've got to get food put up. I've got food put up for, <laughs> for half the county probably, but uh, nevertheless, get enough food put up for six, eight months, a year, whatever you can afford to do. Now, if you can only put up enough food for three months, honestly, and where's God looking? Here, so don't try to lie. If that's all you've got, God's going to honor it. You go in there to that storeroom and open that door, and you only had three can cans of beans, you open that door and take one out, go back, and there'll be three cans of beans still there. This is the kind of God that I serve, the kind of God that I watch operate. Okay? But if you are going to try to get lazy, and laziness, laziness is what's going to take a lot of people down. See, again, just because you keep the covenant, you've got to understand something. You're going to have to listen to what God is saying you must do. You must put up the food. You must get a water supply. You must find out, get a good filter where you can take water right out of the river and filter it out. You got, or, or, or ponds or lakes or, or, or ditches or whatever you've got to do. Get yourself ready. Stop and think and plan. And got, Donna gives some excellent ideas on that, on that, uh, that set of CDs back there. But the thing is, with it, again, if, if you will plan, this thing is going to go by and you're going to feel sorry and you're going to mourn friends and maybe family. But you're going to survive. If you don't, you very well could die with the rest of them. Like I said, there's going to be some just get lucky and that's fine and they'll run around going, oh, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus hasn't got a thing to do with what's coming. That blood was only shed for your eternal life. I wish somebody would bless God get to studying and understand that so I don't have to do a whole weekend on the blood of Jesus. And if we do, I'll just do it. That's fine. They're, they're, the, the power of the blood gets you eternal life. It does not protect you from all the goblins and the whatever that's out there. Okay? doesn't do it. Now, so, we, we, so they've run to the church and they say, Pastor, what must we do? And then it takes me back to the vision in which I, I, I watched... And in the vision, after the plague came, the church went and knocked on the doors. They knocked on the doors of the pastor's homes. 
The pastors came, and in the vision, they put their fists, and they said, Pastor, why didn't you tell us the truth? If we'd have known the truth, my family wouldn't have died. And that's what was in the vision. If we would have known the truth. You, Pastor, lied to us. Well, that's the first That's the first place. Now, most of them, maybe not all of them, but most of them, after the first plague, is going to hear on the heels of that plague will come another plague. Okay? Some of them is going to say, you know what? I'm done with this thing here that's not working. What about those people who go there and see that crazy guy with a beanie in the cape? Huh? They all seem to come out of this thing unscathed. They all seem to come out of this thing, bless God, as, as though there was uh, nothing that ever went by. And we will. Why? He's our God. He's a God of promise. He's a God that cannot lie. He's the same God that was yesterday, today, forevermore. You keep the covenant, He keeps the covenant. You break the covenant, you walk in the curses and die. It's just that, it's just that simple. Don't you wish we could have had preaching like this 25, 30, 50 years ago? It wasn't time. The, the revelation knowledge wasn't set by God to come forth. When God told me, he said, go forth and you start to preach it. Now, like I said, that's going to go over big. Church, let my people go, thus saith the Lord God. Duck! <laughs> Duck! <laughs> Duck! <laughs> Throwing things. <laughs> Shooting things. They're not going to take this lightly, Lord. But somebody has to step up and say, the king is naked. Somebody is going to have to stand up and point a finger that's got scriptural proof and evidence that the church duped us. Somebody's going to have to do that. And I guess because I've been a bastard child of the church all my career with God and the church, I guess it was just as easy me as it was somebody else that had never had the opportunity to feel like that. All right? So like I said, contrary to choice or demand, I'd like to be liked like everybody wants to be liked. My problem is I'd rather be blessed by God than liked by you. That didn't go over real well, did it? Can I say that again? I would rather be blessed by God than liked by you. I'd rather tell you the truth and let you get mad at me and walk out of here and never come back because the words of an anointed prophet will haunt you. Okay? You'll hear them. Huh? I had somebody call not very long said, every time I close my eyes and go to sleep, I hear you say, there's no rapture! Pre or mid! And I was so mad at you, prophet... I thought, you know, it was an email. I thought, then he said, but now I understand. Why won't we talk this in, and he put, the church. I wrote back, because the church didn't know the truth. It was easier to tell you there was a rapture than to tell you how to prepare, because listen to me, the church didn't have real prophets that could tell you how to prepare could show you and tell you in the time and the volume of the book, thus saith the Lord God, that you must do this and you must do this and you must do that, or you and yours are going to die. But if you will listen to the prophet, if you will do exactly what the angel came and told me, you will live, you and your family, like I and my family is going to live. 
Thus saith the Lord. And you know, right now, you know, we were losing more than we were gaining in the beginning. But we're beginning to gain. You know why? All these scriptures that I'm giving you this weekend, to go with all those scriptures that I've given you other weekends, are going to bring this thing now all together. And now, bless God, you're going to have a boatload of stuff. And then all I'm saying is, study it, show yourselves approved, so when the time and the day and the hour comes, you can say, sit down, I, I, can, show you, I can show you why we believe what we believe. Sit down, let, 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 me, let me show you this. And bless God, you know what? They'll sit down and you'll show them and some of them's going to laugh and some of them's going to uh, call you names. But let me tell you something. When that bird flu comes, now listen, you gave them an opportunity. See, it isn't like we're trying to argue somebody into believing what we believe. We're trying to give them the same opportunity that we have had. My Lord and my God, I'm glad I had the opportunity, aren't you? I pray to the God that, bless God, that I'm not like them. That I have ears that can hear and eyes that were set to see in this last day and hour of this earth's time. But you see, they didn't have. And, and, and so we, we sit in, a, in, in such a position, and oh, how I love it, that when the Lord God, see, it's not going to matter. It, it really doesn't make any difference if the money falls. It doesn't make any difference if the, if the hurricanes come or the tornadoes come, the fires come, the droughts come, the pestilence comes, all the, everything else you can imagine comes. It's not going to make any difference. Where the Muslims blow up a bomb, folks, listen to me. The end is at hand. You are the ones upon whom the ends are written. And so am I. So what makes the difference? God's going to take care of me and mine. How about you and yours? Right. He's going to. He doesn't have a choice. Oh, you ought to have been around me a few years ago. I'd get all worked up. Things wouldn't be going well. I'd walk out in the front yard and I'd say, God! God! Like I did. Oh, oh, he's right here. Uh-huh. <laughs> One time he did that to me. See, I'm, I'm, just, trying to, I'm just trying to make a, a, an entrance, if you will. And one time I did it and he said, I'm right here. Yes, sir. I said, God! I keep the covenant. I keep Shabbat. Rosh All the festivals, to the best of my knowledge. God, you have to bless me and mine. You can't break the covenant. He said, you talk to God like that, I sure do, and you need to learn how to. You have a right. You have a right to talk like that. Why? Because you are collecting upon your contracts. Come on, listen to me. Your contract gives you health. It gives you life. It gives you prosperity. It gives your, your children who are going to be well. You're not going to be depressed. You're not going to be broke. You're not going to be sick. You're not going to be this. You're not going to be that. It's in the contract. Read it. In Deuteronomy 28. There's times I take it outside and I just read it. I yell it. I yell the contract. I said, now, God, that's your contract, not mine. I didn't make it up. You did it. 
said, God forbid you talk to him like that. I'm a covenant keeper. I'm a partner in this thing. He's keeping his part. I mean, I've kept my part. It's time. Bless God, he keeps his part. Now listen to the last part of this, which will sound much better to you. God, if I've done something wrong, show me so I can do it right, so I can collect on this thing. Here come the angel. I'm laying in bed asleep, and then Orny's running through me like fire. I take the cover, and I just peek out. And there that big sucker standing at the end of my bed. I'm going, act like you're asleep, like he would think I was. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I'm being told, you want to know what's wrong? Listen to this. You got a pencil and paper? Write it down. Folks, it ain't good when you got to use the pencil and paper. And after the front was covered, we turned over and did the back. I didn't have any more than God conversations. <laughs> I learned to have one conversation with him. Lord, show me my sin. Save the angel from coming, you know. And I got showing my sin. And you know something? It's the sin that so seems to so easily beset us, isn't it? It's that little slip of the tongue. It's that little attitude of heart we have. It's that little doing this or that little doing that. And that's what gets everything in such a mess for us. But, but, but you know, the, the idea is to realize that we are covenant people. We are. We are the people that has been successful in this book called the Tanakh, the Writings of the Prophets. We are, that's who we are. God opened up an ocean for him, brothers and sisters. God brought water out of a rock. The Lord God raised the dead, the blind saw, the lame walked, the deaf heard. He walked upon the waters. He spoke to the storms, and they wouldn't move. They stopped. They ended. They calmed. Anything that he spoke, it was honored, and it came to pass. That is what God wants us to come back into. Why? I said earlier, because brothers and sisters, we are made in his image. Now, that's all covered, or lots of that is covered on what I do on learning to, to, to live in the miraculous back there. We're made in his image. You can operate like him. Oh, God. That's blasphemous. No, it's not. That's the God way. See, what we're doing is sitting around waiting on some magical something to fall out of the sky. And that's the reason I'm, I'm getting such a thrill out of, out of, out of at least at some of the ministry and some of you that are learning to command the angels. Oh, I've been rebuked for that a dozen times. How dare you? Well, now, Brother Deckard, I, I'm just, I, God, God just told me to come rebuke you. I said, oh, he did. Well, have at it. I'm rebukable, okay? Well, this thing about saying that you can command the angels, that's blasphemous, and you just might as well know it. The last was a sister. I said, are you ready to be real embarrassed? Well, I guess I need to be. I said, sit down there because if you don't, you're going to fall down. He sat down. I said, are you ready to, ready to feel real stupid, sissy? Are you rubbing it in a little bit? Well, a little bit. Not, not. Real stupid, sister. Well, I, I, well, I said, listen. Now, folks, this was happening in... 
out of every ten cities, about four of them, this kind of thing is going on. Why would they get upset to think that I command angels? Never heard of such a thing as that. And besides that, if we've not heard of it, and it didn't happen in the first search of the righteous where the gold dust falls down out of the ceiling, huh? then it probably isn't the truth. I said, then I Yeshua say that he had the command of all those legions of angels? Well, yeah, but that was Yeshua. I love to do that part. Did he not say that all that I have done, you shall do, and even greater than? <laughs> I, 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 I guess so. I said, then you're wrong! I, I, I guess so. You want, I can't hear you, sister. Yes, I, I'm wrong. What is there about that? Do you know what it is? The church is afraid to step up to the plate and knock the ball spiritually out of the ballpark. You have control. Those angels can't do a cockeyed thing for you until you will demand and command them to go forth. And you can't do that with sin in your life, by the way. That, that part don't work. But you can do that. You can learn to do that. You can send them angels, and you can get anything imaginable done. How do you think I made that hurricane stand still for three days and three nights and not move one way or the other? I said, the angel, go out there and stop that, that sucker. It dead in its tracks. I don't want to move left, right, up, backward, forward, upside down, jump up, down, nothing. Just sit there and spend three days, three nights, go around the other side of the island, dissipate, that's the end of that. Then they're going to know that God sent a real prophet to them, and they better listen to what this prophet had to say to them. It's, a, it's all in the command that we have over into the supernatural side. But, brothers and sisters, you were made to do that. Say, I was made, I was made to, command the angels. to command the angels. You are. See, the difference, the difference that I see between you and I, it isn't being a prophet, and it's not the anointing. It's the understanding of the Scriptures. What does it say? My people are destroyed for the lack of of knowledge. It's always been there, folks. It's always been in that book. The problem has been that that kind of revelation knowledge has not been set, set forth uh, very seldom by anybody but the prophets. I agree with that. But the fact of it is, it's always been there. It, and, and, and boy, when you start talking about something like angels, and that's outside the realm of what? It's outside the realm of what the church understands or the church can do. It scares them the, 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 the socks off of them. I stuttered a little to find out what word to use there. Thank you. I'm behaving myself. I know that I am. Well, let me let me give you another scripture here, and, and uh, let's uh, let's see if we can close out. Oh my! I, I, wait a minute. I've got too much to give you with that one. Uh, <laughs> pick and choose. Pick and choose. Pick and choose. Uh, let me. Uh, no, let's do that. I've got time. Let's go. Let's go to. Uh, uh, get ready. I, I'm trying to get ready. Ezekiel 36, and and we're going to do, and we're going to do. Uh, dear God in heaven, we're not. Dear God in heaven, we are. Dear God in heaven, start in the first verse, 36, Ezekiel. Also, thou thou son of man, prophesy unto the mountains of Israel and say, Ye mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, because the enemy hath said against you, Ah, even the ancient high places 
are ours in, in possession. Therefore prophesy and say, Thus saith the Lord God, because they have made you desolate and swallowed you up on every side, that you might be a possession under the residue of the heathen. And ye are taken up in the lips of the talkers and are in, in are an in infamy, I'm sorry, of the people. Now, now notice what he's saying. He's saying prophesy. What he, now listen, this is important. You speak to that. You speak to that mountain. Remember when I was teaching on the kind of faith that will raise the dead? You remember when we got to the part and all your mouths fell open when I told you that the Lord said, speak unto yonder mountain. Command that it be cast into the sea. And doubt not in your heart. Remember that I'm paraphrasing here, obviously. And then when I said to you, do you understand he didn't say a thing about using his name? Boy, the eyes went like this. The spirit started that popcorn effect. I didn't say that. He did. You've got to learn to speak to it, to prophesy to it. You can prophesy. You can prophesy. Fourth verse. Therefore, you mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord God. Thus saith the Lord God to the mountains and to the hills, to the rivers and to the valleys, to the desolate wastes, and to the cities that are forsaken, which became a prey and a derision uh, to the residue of the heathen that are round about. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, surely in the fire of my jealousy have I spoken against the residue of the heathen and against all of Adumia, which have appointed my land into the possession with the joy of all their heart, with despiteful minds to cast it out for a prey. Prophesy, therefore, concerning the land of Israel, and say unto the mountains, and to the hills, and to the rivers, and the valleys, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I have spoken in my jealousy and in my fury, because ye have bore the shame of the heathen. Therefore, saith the Lord God, I have lifted up mine hand. Surely the heathen are about you. They shall bear their shame. But ye, O mountains of Israel, ye shall shoot forth your branches, and yield your fruit to my people of Israel, for they are at hand to come. Boy, is that exciting. For behold, I am for you, and I will turn unto you, and ye shall be tilled, and so on. And I will multiply men upon you, all the house of Israel, even all of it. And the city shall be inhabited, and the waste shall be builded. The waste shall be builded? Uh, a brother, uh, a Jones or Smith or Deckard or whoever, he, uh, listen, uh, come look at this map. Now, here's where that old city, you know, here it is. I've, you take that 100,000, take them out there and get started. Well, how's that going to be? That's the fulfillment of Scripture. Put the infrastructure in, get the people in there. Because they'll come. They'll come. We will develop. We will develop big cities. We will develop farmland. We will develop. We will develop. Uh, folks, you know that the time of the vision that came. And I was standing on a, in a country road. The dust was flying. So vehicle had gone down it. And all of a sudden, I'm going down that road. I, I was assuming that I was in in a vehicle. But I could see that on one side of the road, the corn was beautiful. It was green. On the other side of the road, it was all dried up and dead. And the Lord spoke to me. The angel said to me this. He said, 
you understand what you're saying? I said, well, yeah, that's really good corn. That's not. But he said, you know what the difference is? This side belongs to the righteous man. This side belongs to the heathen. This is the covenant keeper. And I said, my Lord, and you mean the rain? He said, the rain will rain on one side of the road, and it won't rain on the other side. And you know when he told me that was going to start? At the time that is called the end of the Gentile age. We're going to start, you're going to start hearing stories that are going to, be, they're going to be out of this world because they are from out of this world. You're going, to begin, you're going to begin to hear about this mighty God and all this stuff that, that he has done and all this stuff that he's doing. And people are going to stand in awe and they're going to realize that this God that we serve is more than able. Look at 11. And I will multiply you upon, uh, you, uh, upon you man and beast and they shall increase and bring fruit and I will settle you after your old estates. There again, it's the old places, is it? And will do better unto you than at your beginnings and ye shall know that I am Lord. In other words, it's going to be better than the beginning. Could it be any better than it was in the beginning with milk and honey? <laughs> but he said, I'm going to make it better for you. We're going, to, we're going to take those old cities that are gone. Nobody wanted them. I don't understand exactly why. Okay? And Now listen to me, unless one thing. That in these old cities that became ruins and desolate, and are no more, no one there, waste places, unless that at a time and place, and this is supernaturally and it's, it's, it's strong, that that city kept the covenant. Then God will bring us in. We will build upon that site. Now listen to me. And that spirit of righteousness will rise up out of the ground. Yeah. And it will cause, and it will cause, and it will cause righteousness to come forth. I am the Lord. Yea, I will cause men to walk upon you, even my people Israel. And they shall possess thee, and thou shalt be their inheritance, and thou shalt no more henceforth be bereaved them of man, of men, I'm sorry. Thus saith the Lord God, because they say unto you, Thou, thou land devourest up men, and hast bereaved uh, uh, thy nations. Therefore thou shalt devour men no more, neither bereave thy nations any more, saith the Lord God. It's going to stop. We're going to do what? We're going to live in peace. We've already been told that. Neither will I cause men to hear in, in thee the shame of the heathen any more. Neither shall thou bear the reproach of the people any more. Neither shall thou cause thy nation to fall any more, saith the Lord God. Promise. It's not going to fall. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, when the house of Israel dwell in, in their own land, they defiled it by their own way and by their doings. What did they do? They broke the covenant and the curse came. Their way was before me as an uncleanness of a removed woman. Wherefore, I poured my fury upon them for the blood that they had shed upon the land and for their idol wherewith they had polluted it. And I scattered them among the heathen. That's what happened to us. And they were dispersed through the countries according to their way and according to their doings. I judged them. Now, let's stop and think about this. Do you suppose that there's a chance that some of us was scourged more than others? That's exactly right. Why? Some of the tribes must have been more an abomination and did more abominable things than the others. Okay? 
And when they entered, 20, into the heathen, uh, whether they went, they, pro, they profaned my holy name. When they said to them, These are the people of the Lord, and are going forth out of his land. But I had pity for mine holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen, whether they went. Therefore saith the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sakes. Now listen, O house of Israel, I'm not doing this for your sake, but for mine holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the heathen, whither ye went. He's not doing this for us. He's doing it for his holy name's sake. Whoa. Looks to me like we better walk the line. Now, you know, I don't know much about all that, but it just sounds pretty serious. Thirty, uh, I'm 23, and I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them, and the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. They're going to know. See, the church is going to know you're of God. Whoever heard tell? Whoever heard tell? The people that stand and say, well, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know, and I'm hearing this even this weekend. Uh, you, you know, Prophet, I, I didn't go looking for it. Just Didn't we just read last night? My blessings will hunt you down and overtake you. How much of the church can stand up and say that? No, probably none, but there are very few, if any. Can we? We're starting to hear it. See, and, and, that's, and that's the part that I love about this, because you understand something. If, if I can get you in the place where these blessings of God are hunting you down and overtaking you, and you're not out here promoting yourself, your business, your way, your life, your this or your that, it just shows up the door and just gets you stinky blessed. Don't ask me what stinky blessed is. I made, I made that up. I made that up, stinky blessed. Maybe I'm going to wish I hadn't said that, Okay. Perfume blessed. Try anything, right? Just seeing if you caught on. See if you're listening. But you see what I'm saying. You see what I'm saying. That's the way that they're going to know that He's our God. As long as you live like, act like, and are like the heathen across the street from you, you've got nothing more than they got except eternal life. You won't collect that until you die. Give up the ghost. But if you begin to stand and say, man alive. Keeping the covenant. Keeping the things of the Lord our God. Look what God has done. Look what God has given unto me. People's going to go, wait a minute, didn't they, didn't they used to go to our church? Wait, wait a minute, didn't she sing in the choir? Well, 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 well wait a minute, they're not. I wonder, what, wonder where they're being blessed at. Let's go ask. That's what's going to happen. And then you're going to say, sit down here, honey, let me show you the Scripture. Again, for about the 29th time today, that's the reason you've got to know. That's the reason you can't just say, but we call the prophet, he'll tell you. No, don't bother calling the prophet. Don't bother calling the prophet. The prophet's got enough to do without trying to explain your way out of something. 24. For I will take you from among the heathen, there it is, and gather you out of all countries, not just a few, and will bring you into your own land. Somebody emailed me and said, well, the, 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 you know, the lost tribes are all up in the, up in the British Isles, and, 
in through there. There, there are none of them's over there. Well, wait a minute, that's not what that says. That says, says, out of all the countries, that's plural, and will bring you into your own land. Where's that? Israel. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, who will be cleansed, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart will also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony, stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. See, we read that before. And I will put my spirit, put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my stat. Uh-oh. Oh, no. What do you mean he's going to put his spirit in us? His spirit is in us. We, just said, we knew it. I mean, we've known that. Okay, but now listen. He said, I'm going to put my spirit, and I'm going to cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. What is he saying? You're going to do them. I, I'm, I'm, when I put my spirit, when I'm, see, when we received him, what we really didn't know was Ephraim, we were about to be what? We were about to be brought or driven by the rod, by the rod, into the bond of the covenant again. That's the way that all ties together. Now listen, and, and, and you shall dwell in the land where I gave to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. I will also save you from all your uncleanness, and I will call uh, for your corn and will increase it and lay no famine upon you. Praise God, there's not going to be any famine. And I will multiply the fruit of the trees, woo, and the increase of the field. Hallelujah. And you shall receive no more reproach of, of famine among the heathen. None of that, none of the stuff the heathen is going to get to us. Then shall you remember your own evil ways and your doings that were not good, and shall loathe yourself in your own sight for iniquities and for your abominations. And, and, and folks, that's really where, where we're at now, as I said this morning. We're looking at this thing, and we're beginning to realize something. Not for your sake do I... Uh, do I this, saith the Lord, but it known, be it known to you, be ashamed and confounded for your own ways, O house of Israel, which is the northern kingdom. Thus saith the Lord God, in the day that I shall have cleansed you from all your iniquities, I will also cause you to dwell in the cities and the waste place, the waste shall be builded. There again, we're going out into those desert areas and we're going to rebuild them. And the desolate land shall be tilled, whereas it lay desolate in the sight of all that passed by. And they shall say, this land that was desolate is become like the Garden of Eden. Sounds like it's going to be nice, doesn't it? Now listen. And the waste and the desolate and the ruined cities are become fenced and are inhabited. Then the heathen that are left around about you shall know that I, the Lord, build the ruined places and plant that uh, that, that was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. Thus saith the Lord, God will yet for the iniquity of the house of Israel to do it for them. I will increase them with men like a flock. As the holy flock, as the flock of Jerusalem in her solemn feast, so shall the way cities be filled with flocks of men, and they shall know that I am the Lord. It's going to be filled with flocks of men. Now, the correct interpretation is that men and women, children, Boys, girls. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that 
into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer requests. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.